What up, Eagle Talk fam? It's Rosemary. And your boy, Corey Lewis. Not too long ago, we left everything familiar in our hometown of Chicago and relocated to Dallas. Since then, we've grown a seven-figure real estate business. And more importantly, a life that we absolutely love. Like many of you, we have been on the lonely side of building a business. And we know exactly how whack that can be. We also know success leaves clues, and that is why we created this space just for you. You don't have to go on this entrepreneurial journey alone. We got you. Let's Eagle Top. What up, Eagle Talk fam? What's up, guys? We are back with another one. We are back. Okay, today our subject is the riskiest thing that you can do is only have one source of income. Yeah, pull up for this one. <laughs> pull up for this one. But before we get into it, Corey, I would love, like, let's go there back down memory lane. Mm-hmm. Let's think about the worst job that you, since we're talking income and what you need to do, what's the worst job that you have ever had? Um, If I had to think of the worst, it was probably... Working at the Taste of Chicago. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, under the hot. I, I did it actually for two companies. When I was about a freshman, I did it for Doc's Fish. Side note: If if y'all ain't ever had Doc's Fish, uh, that fish, fish wish. wish yeah. Oh, I'm hungry right now. A junior fish wish would go so hard. Yeah, so I did it for them. Uh, I mean, this is back in like five twenty-five an hour days. You okay. Know? Um, and then I did it for my family's business, Kenny's Ribs, where we. You know, you got the pit, you under the pit, you frying chicken, it's, it's hot, it's 100 degrees in Chicago, you got, you know, 10,000 people out. It was the worst, man. It was a great experience, <laughs> uh, but it was just something that I, I didn't have to do too many times in my life. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me um, to think about the worst job because, honestly, I think that when I was, like, at the time I was doing what I was doing, for the most part, I liked the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked the taste, too. Uh, I was actually at a fried dough place. Like, one of my teachers, like, always hired students to work at this fried dough place, like funnel cakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, even though it was hot and stuff, it was fun. Like, when I worked retail, I used to get so excited by seeing a long line and, like, getting the line down, like being the fastest person. So like that, that was my taste thing. I used to work at Carson's. I used to work at La Collection. I think though, when I think about the worst, it might not have been the job, but when I worked with like not great people mm. in, in, in terms of like um, management or, you know, I have been teaching under some administrators that we're just nasty, right. you know, quite honestly, like, you know, like, are you, do you have a heart for the children or you just want a title? So I think that those were, the, those made difficult work environments. But um, for the most part, I think while I was doing the jobs that I was doing, mm-hmm. they all were a pretty good fit yeah. um, at the time. Okay. Uh, that's our experience. Do, yeah. do, will we touch on the best job or no? Uh, Okay, what's your best job that you that you've ever had? Uh, it's not a job, but I'm living it. Okay, yeah, I would probably say real estate entrepreneurship, 100. percent Um, but but the diversification on how I generate income from the business. Yeah, and you know what? This is a great way for us to segue because I would say to 
um, again, it's just evolution, which is why I love like doing different things because my, my business is evolving from, um, not just serving my clients, buyers and sellers, but as a team leader and now with my other podcast, Real Estate Bestie, mm-hmm. where I'm in a space where I'm coaching and um, supporting other agents, like helping them unt- untap that sauce they might not have know they have. Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely love it. Like, I, I love it. I could do it all day. Um, talking to people and just seeing that that light bulb go off and knowing that I'm, I'm sharing things with them that they're going to go out and win with immediately. Um, and then sharing Jesus at the same time. Yeah. It's the best. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, so, so let's hit on the subject. Yes. Um, just the dangers of getting paid one way. Yeah. Right. I, I quickly noticed in my late teens, early twenties that I had a couple of family members that were buying multifamily properties Mm -hmm. i also had my uncle had a really really close friend that had like 600 doors or something crazy yeah and then i had my dad that had his best friend they both retired from cta but he bought rental properties along the way and i knew that that was the play like point blank people always going to need a place to stay and you're getting that monthly income right um i knew that i would have a job in the beginning which I did. I worked at the restaurant uh, with my uncle, and then I left to start my real estate journey. But along the way, I was buying rental. I think I was 24, 25 when I had seven houses. I had no, I had two, two flats and five houses. And then I got into flipping and then the market crashed. Long story short, I got back in the rental game when I got here. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm only saying that to say that I knew, I, I didn't know. I, I saw that early. Okay. And then we were talking about hedging your bet. I hedged my bet with the barber school, meeting somebody, um, dissecting the business and his numbers, and him kind of showing me what I needed to do to get my own situation started in 2009. And here it is going into my 15th year. It's still up and running, making money every single day, every single month. And I'm grateful that I was a student and didn't think I knew everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so those are just a couple of my examples of, of my businesses that pay daily and monthly. And then I can talk about the real estate wholesaling and all that stuff a little later. Well, well, let's let's get into the like the mindset of maybe the person who is watching this. Right. Because I will tell you that I was there, mm-hmm. you know, when you started your entrepreneurial journey and um and from my mindset, so like what you, it's like we saw something similar, but we had two totally different takeaways because mm-hmm. to me, and and this is what um, I think a lot of the way a lot of us are raised, right? You go out and you get that job that is going to be your sure thing. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and two, you know, like just to, to the defense of my parents or your parents that in the world that they lived in, mm-hmm. Right. That sure thing job was something for the most part that was dependable, right? You didn't hear of people getting laid off in the 70s, 80s, quite like it is today. Yeah. Um, so I was taught, you know, you go, you go to school, you get a good job, and then I want to, you want to be off, right? So I want my time to be my time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I would see people with property and things like that, that actually seemed risky to me. Right. And mm. then and then let me even take it a step further. 
even somebody like one of the most entry level ways for someone to gain a different stream of income might be through like multi-level marketing you know the people Mm -hmm. that back in the day it was like selling your phone service or you know mary Kay or things like 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 those people seem like they were bugaboos to me i didn't understand that what they were doing was hedging their bet because if you only are if if you're just dependent on one stream of income Mm -hmm. and anything happens right um then it can be it can be very detrimental to your family and the the subject of this came up because i was listening to a podcast um i want to say it was shalene johnson and shalene says you know i don't believe and and i'm gonna say this a million times i don't believe everybody should be an entrepreneur because I do think that we live in a, in a society that makes entrepreneurship look a certain way and everybody is not cut out for it. Mm-hmm. But she said, but I do believe everybody should have more than one way they're making money. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think that's where people get tripped up because they think if I'm not an entrepreneur per se, mm-hmm. then how am I going to make money? And her, her, her thought process around it and the way she explained it was that if, if you're, if you're like your job, you might be dependent on, this other company, you don't know the back end of your corporation, how they're managing money, who they're going to be bought out with. You don't know your your health situation and all these other things. So if you are only dependent and your family and the people who are counting on you, you only have one way to support them when the bottom falls out. Mm-hmm. And then the life we're living with inflation and everything like that, bottoms are falling out. Um, it could just be a very dangerous space to be in. Um, so we just want to maybe even get some ideas of different things you can think about for additional income and share with you how we have, you know, Corey is not an extremist, but I think that pretty for the, extreme. you're extreme mm-hmm. for the average person um, listening, going out and being uber aggressive with real estate might might be overwhelming to start with. But what? are different things that we want them to consider when it comes to having different streams of income. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm glad you, you backed me up on that. Love I mean, it. I, love I mean, it. I'm like, rewind it. Yeah. Rewind you. Because yeah, I, I, I can, I can be, I can talk like everybody know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yep. So I saw again early, kind of like you're talking about the multi-level marketing. It was a whole lot of what you spoke of, but I think one of them was energy. Yeah. Right. And everybody for three years were talking deregulation, deregulate. Well, I never saw the market deregulate. I don't know. Oh, no, nah, yeah, you did. Did I? Yeah, because you think about like there used to just be one cable company and now their choices. You don't uh, have to just okay. you, know, you don't well, have to just have oh no, the market has definitely deregulated. But I don't know that those companies like I don't know that it happened in the way those companies started with Okay. Before, that's the point. Know? That's yeah. that's the point. Yeah. Because we were thinking Right, that you have to go through me. Yeah, if you want yeah, a different and, phone and, company. And, 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 and like, to get uh. to that, get to that million dollar year, you know. So I didn't. That's what I didn't see. And yeah. maybe I didn't stick around long enough to see it. Yeah. But what I decided to do is I decided to bet on myself. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be real estate. I'm glad you said that, right? Because I can, I can. I remember back in the day, my great grandmother, you used to, and she had a job, but like on Saturday and Sunday mornings, she would have friends come over and she would be doing hair. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. So I, I I'm preference that to the career that I that I got into. I literally I'm licensed in two different states right now. Right. Sure. I'm a real estate entrepreneur. I have rental properties. That's fine. But if I wanted to bet on myself again, 
I can get out here and hustle and make $1,500 a week cutting hair. Exactly. You follow what I'm exactly. saying? Especially with the price of haircuts nowadays. Exactly. So I think that's the point that I'm I'm kind of making when you're talking about the companies folding and certain things like that. It's kind of like when my mind goes back to the real estate. Yeah, I can have a house that I'm making X amount of dollars a month in rent, but I believe in brick and mortar. Yep. Okay? If I have it for two years and that house burn down tomorrow, State Farm's going to cut a check for whatever mm-hmm. amount for replacement costs, right? Mm-hmm. That's more of a safer bet as opposed to me believing in something kind of like you're saying. You don't understand the back office, what's really happening. One CEO was in one year, another one is out the next year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just have no control. You have no control. And I, I've had friends, you know, who have gone through, unfortunately, layoffs and, and different things like that. And it's devastating, yeah. right? And, and at the point of that devastation, um, you know, now they're forced to, you know, now you and all 800 other people that got laid off are going out to the same type of positions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're forced to take whatever the severance is. And as opposed to, like, let's even say you're not getting laid off, but the your your job is not keeping up with your expenses, yeah. right? It's not keeping up with the, with the cost of living and things like that. Um, what is it that you can be doing? And you brought up something great that I think a lot of us, a lot of people can discount is like, what are you already good at? Mm -hmm. What are some of your natural talents and how can you go for it and and do those talents? So, you know, I'm thinking about like, I have a neighbor who bakes cakes. She makes all of our, our cakes in the neighborhood. I'm thinking about myself. Like it, it dawned on me like, okay, yes, I am a real estate broker agent i do a really good job at that but you know what i have a lot of knowledge that i can Mm -hmm. be sharing with real estate agents and teaching is my gift yeah so how can i now use that gift to to not only support to to solve a problem that someone else has um, but it can also be a different income generator for us Uh, i'm thinking about um your mama i love your mama hey boo um, that years ago we told her you should be catering. Yeah, you know she was working for um, a My restaurant. Um, anytime we would have an event, everyone would talk about how great the food was, um, and we would always tell her you should definitely be catering. It's something that you're already good at. It's solving a problem. You have tons of people, and for whatever reason, she didn't pursue it. I think she's doing a little bit more catering that way now. But you know, if you like. You can literally sit down and think, okay, I need an extra thousand dollars a month. What can I be doing? Like, yeah. how many catering deals can I do per month that I can bring in that extra thousand dollars? Something that I already love anyway. But unfortunately, what a lot of us do is we become so dependent mm-hmm. on the fact that somebody else is going to manage their business and manage. Like, we we're dependent on them to provide for our families. Yeah, that if something happens. And, and and they're unable to, now we're stuck. Then I'm going to give you a flip side. You know, Corey and I are both in real estate. The real estate market looks a lot different in 2023 than it did in 2024. I dare to say if we didn't have rentals. It did in 2021. 2021, yes, I'm sorry. But I dare to say if we didn't have rental property, if we didn't have stocks, if we didn't, you know, if we didn't have different things that we could gain income from, then we may have been in trouble this year. Yeah. You know, and um, this, again, is not a scare tactic, but it really is just something to help other people think it through. And it, it might not be straight up entrepreneurship. But, you know, are are you do what are you doing for your company that you might be able to consult small businesses? 
I'm I'm gonna go back a little bit to um when you were talking about teaching and it be being your gift. I think a few years ago we noticed in a book that was introduced to you that if you just knew about ten percent more than everybody else, mm-hmm. right? I I remember us having a conversation. It was like that person just read this book, yep. right? And yep. and then we were kind of like, well, let's just read the book, yeah, right, yeah. The same thing, and and just doing just a little bit more, and not so much you can create a business out of it, but you can definitely create income. You can create some income. You I, can I remember some opportunity when we first got here. Um, I was doing real estate, and I was telling Corey, I was like, "What happened was, me and my old partner Corey Simpson, we had the bright idea to every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to jump on a website and look at what estate sales were in our uh, area mm-hmm. to try to buy a house." And then something hit me like, I'm walking on all these estate sales and they got all of this stuff for sale, right? They're selling everything like it's labeled, whether it's $20 or $300, right? I just started buying stuff and selling it on Craigslist. Just you remember to- when, you used to, when you used to do gold? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and I still know how to buy gold. Yeah. Yeah, I still got all of that stuff. Uh, another great example, right? That's something that I just found somebody downtown that... Um, I built a relationship with he had been buying gold 25, 30 years, taught me exactly what to do. Do you know to, to learn how to start buying gold can probably cost you less than about 150 bucks. Mm. Once you get your assets and your scales and your loop, you in business. Yeah. Right. All you got to do is go around and ask people if they got gold for sale. Um, that's one I forgot about. But going back to I found myself in all of these estate sales. And just looking around, like, they got to sell it to somebody. Exactly. Right? And they're not asking retail. They're trying to get rid of this stuff. So I would go with a... It was just a game, right? How can I turn 500 into 1,000 this weekend? Yeah. And and I did that for uh, months and months. So I, I hate... These subjects are kind of weird for me because I'm, I'm a little different. Um, it goes back to the extremist side of me. But I don't think it really takes a whole lot to figure out how to... How to generate what? What it takes is a decision, yeah. right? It it takes a decision, and I'm even going like as you're talking about the goal. It reminds me of Gary V, um, you know, of um, how he's like, look, go find something at the dollar store and put it on the internet for two dollars. He did you know? that with ba- uh, baseball cards, exactly. So so finding something, but look, I'm gonna even go even just a little bit like lesser than that. If you got some extra time or you need extra money. It's nothing wrong to go out and not get a part time job either. Yeah, you know, like I, it, I struggle with. I'm thinking about somebody right now in the real estate space. I actually did a YouTube video about this. Like, what are other side hustles that you can do in between deals? Because sometimes you have to fund your dream. Yeah, but. I think that we can become so stubborn and think that I got to put all my energy and all my eggs into this basket. Mm -hmm. But baby, if you ain't eating, you know what I'm saying? If you're stressed about money every single day, then we need to figure out, okay, where is the low hanging fruit where I can go out here and generate some income? Mm -hmm. Um, And for some people, it's just as simple as, okay, do I need to work overnight? Do I need to Uber? Do I need to DoorDash? Like, mm-hmm. what other things can I be doing so that I don't find myself in this rock and a hard place? Because here's reality, y'all. There is, like, I know that there are stresses in the world, but financial stress is a different level of stress. Yeah, it right? is. It's a, it, it, can, it can break your spirit. It can break your marriage. It can break, you know, a lot of things. and But uh, but for a lot of us, 
you know, it's an ego thing. Like we don't feel like we we need to be doing anything else. And and sometimes that's something else that you open yourself up to doing mm-hmm. can unlock a, a whole new, you know, a whole new realm of potential that you didn't even know that you had. Let, let me let me tell you a story that I'm embarrassed to tell. Okay, don't be embarrassed. Well, I'm not. I'm not embarrassed because of the story. I'm embarrassed because I didn't recognize the opportunity. Okay. So when we first got here, uh, I thought that I would work in Chicago, and I wasn't doing real estate here yet. So I was driving Uber, mm-hmm. and I was driving all day for I don't know two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars. And then well, let I, me back up. I remember when Uber, like when we first. I remember when you first started driving Uber, and people laugh, well, not laugh, but they don't believe when I told them this, because it was like. We went to Chicago and Kennard was driving Uber. Remember yeah. he bought that van. He bought that van. He yeah. bought that van. And we thought, like, this is a lit. Like, so you mean to tell me no matter <laughs> what? And I mean, we were not, we I think I was still teaching at the yeah, time. You were. And we were trying to figure it out financially. And we were like, wait, so we could just Uber and and get like three. We ain't never gonna worry about our rent at right. the time. We were like, we could do like it wasn't. It wasn't a humility. And the money thing. came like instantly. Yeah, it was like this is this is this is brain like this. And I know Uber has changed. Uber's like nobody broke. with a vehicle should be should be broke. Should be broke, yeah. right? Um, but okay, continue your story. So, I'm driving Uber. I'm I'm you know thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars a week. I'm I'm doing what I got to do. Then I realized that if I got up earlier, between like five and maybe eight, I can get. The airport runs is paying $50, $60, $70, and then I'm done for the day. I got yeah. my day. So one day I, I get a, a call in Love Field. I pick up this this young whippersnapper at the time, and he's telling me, because my thing was I'm collecting business cards from most people that I'm driving with, right? Because we, yeah. we're new here. Yeah. And he's telling me that him and his friends were starting a company, and they uh, it was almost like Uber, but you could be – Taking food to people, I'm not understanding it. it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You can you can just put it in the thing, and, and then you can just deliver the food to people, and we we gonna pay you for it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I got his car. Do you know who that was? What? He was one of the owners of DoorDash. Oh wow! I had no idea. Wow. I didn't know DoorDash. Like he said it, but yeah, because it know, was a new. It, it was, was a new so freaking then. new. Yeah. But I'm saying all that to say, like, you can put yourself in environments. And then you you look up, you got an opportunity, right? Yeah. No different than the barber college. I have those skills to, for the rest of my life. Yep. Literally, I look at my barber right now. He, he charged $45, $50 a cut. And we talk about it all the time because he has after hours, yep. right? Uh, and he yep. charges $150 after hours. If you got to stand and cut your hair, he charges $150. But if he got to come to you after hours, he's charging another $250. It's set up yep. like this. You know, it's the chair, the everything. He's figured out. Yeah. How to create a, a you, you figure out what hundred and eighty two hundred thousand dollar a year situation. Yeah. So my thing is worst case scenario, I still got my hands and I'm still I, I can color I can do everything that I used to teach in the school. So um, again, if if I wasn't open to that opportunity in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, open that business. Um, here it is, fifteen years later. I can't even tell you the amount of barbers or. Uh, instructors that have went out and created their own barber shops, right? Yeah. Which now they create entrepreneurs or or barber uh, schools. I think it's about four of them that's opened up a school. It's just been it's been amazing. And if I wasn't obedient to that situation, then I wouldn't been able to help the people that I've helped. No, absolutely, absolutely. So so listen, Eagles. This is what we want you to do. We want you to if you first of all, if you have one stream income, we are not 
shaming you, right? right? Because you you followed the script that has been set out for most of us. Right. But literally sit down and, and write down 10 things. Like, what do you like to do? Do you like to write? Do you like children? Do you like to sing? Do you like to, you know, teach people about HR? Do you like to do taxes? Like, what are some things that you like to do? What are some of your talents? And then think, okay, how can I ch- take, take this thing that I like and how can I go win with it? Mm-hmm. Because I guarantee you that there is a space, right, for your niche, a niche, what, niches, niches, mm-hmm. well, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Niche. There is a space for your niche. Like, what problem can you solve through the thing that you like to do? And how can it make you some more money? And then this is the next thing I want to say, last thing. It's like, and it's okay if it don't make you a million dollars. Some people feel like if it's not going to make me, you know, $999,000 tonight, I don't want to do it. Baby, an extra $1,000 would would do go very far in a lot of lives, you know. So just starting to think through, okay, what can I do so that I can build a nest egg so that I can have something else coming in? Because if worst case scenario, something does happen and my dependable thing is no longer my dependable thing that I don't have to go all the way belly up. I have something to draw from. Yeah. I think the, I think the moral of the conversation is at some point, especially starting out, we all are going to have to trade time for dollars. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. Right. Whether you're working at McDonald's or if you're a teacher. Um, but I think the long-term vision should be to get into something for yourself. Yep. Where you have some ownership yep. and, and 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 hopefully some control, yeah. Um, and that just makes sense when you're talking long term right yep. now. So I hope that that this message was received well. And again, we don't know at all. We're only speaking from my experience, um, but I don't think we're wrong. You know, <laughs> well, no, no, but we're right. <laughs> I, I mean, I just don't. I don't think we're wrong. I've seen it time and time again, and, and I've you know, this is not our first time talking speaking freely about it. Um, and I'm pretty passionate about it because I'm somebody that has I've I fell forward in a lot of things, but I'm definitely happy that we bet on ourselves yeah, to take yeah. care of our family. So, all right, Eagles, that's what we got for you. But you know, what we need you to do go ahead and hit share on this episode. I know that there is somebody that came to mind that you were like, "Ooh, cutting Ronnie need to hear about this." Yeah, like yeah, whoever yeah. it is, he's been cutting grass for the neighborhood that whole time when he can just start that landscape. Exactly. Company. So go ahead and send that episode, and if you could give us five stars, thumbs up on YouTube, we would really appreciate it, and we will see you next week, Eagles. Thank y'all. Bye. Next time.